Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and today's episode deals with a topic that is on all of our minds right now. What does it look like to restart our church ministries as the restrictions around COVID-19 begin to lift? To tackle this question, Mike Mahorder from our Church Life Cycles team talks with three of our Fellowship Pacific pastors, Jeff Kuhn from Grace Baptist in Hope, Chris Sinasol from West Village Church in Victoria, and Jack Taylor from Faith Fellowship Baptist in Vancouver. They discuss where they see the church going and what things might look like as we're able to restart, whether we'll see things return to the way they were before or whether we'll see a new normal emerge. So let's listen in now to Mike's conversation with Jeff, Chris, and Jack. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our Propel podcast. We are living in a crazy time. We haven't had anything like this for 200 years. And in many ways, I would say this global pandemic is unique. I'm not sure if there was ever a time when as many places of worship in as many places in the world were all closed down at the same time. Um, At the same time, there's never been a time like this when technological tools for communication and and, uh, connection have been so available. Thank God for the internet. But this has caused uh, all of us to scramble, to adapt, and it's encouraging to see the resilience of the church during this time. And we're hearing um, encouraging reports about generosity, um, about enhanced levels of care, significant opportunities for outreach. But how do we restart our church ministries after COVID-19? At some point, all of this is going to end. We are recording this the day after our provincial government introduced their phased restart plan. And we've never had to go through this kind of experience before, so we don't know whether things are going to return to normal or whether we will see a new normal emerge but our churches will be able to begin to meet again. How can we do that? What are some things that we need to keep in mind? How can we stay safe when there is the danger of a second wave or people just feel insecure and being in close proximity with each other? I'm joined today by three of our Fellowship Pacific pastors ministering in different kinds of churches in different community settings. Uh, Jeff Kuhn from Grace Baptist in Hope, Chris Sinasol from West Village Church in Victoria, and Jack Taylor from Faith Baptist in Vancouver. And I want to welcome you, gentlemen, to this podcast, and thank you for taking the time to share with us today. Perhaps uh, as we begin, you could just give us a little bit of introduction, introduction to you and your family and your church. Uh, Jeff, would you be willing to kick that off? Sure, I will. Uh, my name is Jeff Kuhn. I've um, served at Grace Baptist for 20 years in Hope. I'm uh, married. I have four daughters, uh, all grown. The oldest two working. Uh, well, actually, my third just graduated, weirdly, from UBC. And my fourth is in her second, just finishing her second year of university. But we're all at home now because of this COVID thing. So we're uh, getting enjoying spending time with their family together there. Hope is a, uh, a really, it's a small town. There's about 6,500 people total in the outlying areas. Um, and Grace has been here for 70 years. We've, uh, we've got a long history with the community, a good history. 
um, you know, our, it's, it's, we've been positioned well. We've had good pastors in the past who have led grace in a way that embraces the community and serves the community. And so, um, yeah, that, that's a little bit of our context. Okay, thank you. What about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, so out in uh, the West Shore, like the suburbs of Victoria, a uh, 10-year-old uh, church plant my wife Kelly and I planted. Um, my wife Kelly and I have been married for 18 years, and we have four kids. The oldest is uh, 16, then we have 15, soon to be 13, uh, and 11. Yeah, so I've been, been in Victoria for... Uh, for about 15 years now, maybe not quite 15, 13 years, 14 years. Um, and uh, yeah, just enjoying figuring out what it means to love our city well and be good missionaries to the city of Victoria. All right, thank you. And uh, what about you, Jack? I'm at Faith Baptist in Vancouver, and uh, we are a church of uh, between 50, 60 different nations, given depending on which state which uh, Sunday you are checking in on. And uh, we're, I've been there 20 years now. I actually grew up there uh, during my teen years, got married there. So faith has got deep roots for me. I've been in ministry uh, just over 40 years and the last 20 at faith. So started at faith, went to Kenya for 18 years, came back and I've been there 20 years again. Uh, I've got uh, 10 grandkids. Uh, all my kids are married and uh, very active. Uh, my son was out in Rwanda. He's back home now, vice president at Trinity. My daughter was in Uganda. She's back home with her four kids. They live upstairs. Uh, we moved downstairs. They moved upstairs. So we're enjoying the little trampling of feet overhead. And um, our church is learning. We've got lots of seniors, lots of immigrants, lots of refugees. Uh, we're learning how to cope in an age where we're used to hugging and caring. We're used to uh, now trying to see each other online. So Sunday mornings are a great connecting time as we see each other on our internets. So we're adjusting. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, how has your church been affected by this pandemic? What have been some of your issues and how have you addressed them? Chris, why don't you kick off with this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, like, like everyone, uh, you know, not able to meet, not able to be together, like that's pretty much standard across the board up to this point. Uh, so when you talk about like how we organize ourselves or structure ourselves, like in a, in a real sense, like kind of everything's changed. So we, we've made like a hard, pivot to like most people I'm sure to you know meeting online so we have Sunday morning gathering streamed online um, we uh, like all of our missional community groups meet online uh, through zoom platforms like the one we're on right now um, we've uh, yeah just had to like pick up the phone and call people so we're doing a lot of that we've got teams of people that call through the church and connect with people um, especially those who are like kind of fringe and and then still trying to figure out what does it mean to embody, um, you know, the very essence, the very, the very ethos of what it means to be the church. So how do we live as good missionaries to Victoria? How do we make disciples? 
and the church is still a church. Um, we're still called to be that. And so, yeah, for us, that's meant, <clears throat> I mean, not sure how much detail you want me to go into here, but like we've had to rewrite our job descriptions for this season. Um, you know, kind of plan week to week because we just don't know uh, long-term what the future holds. It feels like we've got maybe a bit of clarity, but I'm, you know, you kind of hold things loosely because you just don't know could change quickly. So we sort of thinking long-term, but planning week to week, um, looking forward to the day that in some way, shape and form we can be together in person, but recognizing that that's probably to some degree, not going to be the same as it was maybe ever, uh, but certainly not in the, the next year or so, probably longer than that. So just trying to figure out, um, yeah, it, it hasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's been bad. Like it hasn't been a bad transition for us. It's just been that, we have to rethink it. And I think, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, this has produced a lot of things in, in our church that, that are good. We've seen a lot of really good fruit come from it. I think online is something that's going to be here to stay. It's not going away probably for us and for most churches. Um, but in a, in a sense, it feels like you're building the airplane while you're flying, you know, like you're just <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure out, okay, uh, we don't know where we're going and we don't know how to get there, but let's just keep, keep adding pieces to this. Uh, as far as the people themselves go, I'd say, um, you know, generally speaking, pretty good. The church has done a great job of caring for one another. Uh, we've had a lot of needs being met internally. Um, we've got some neat partnership stuff, which maybe will come up later in our in our interview that we're, we're implementing in the community just to be, you know, a blessing to our city. Um, so overall, uh, I would say that this has been a pretty – neat experience i'm not obviously happy about you know the economic uh hurt that it's going to cause people and the health implications for people but for us as a church it's been uh it's been good in the sense that it is really you know pressure is not a bad thing right testing is not a bad thing you kind of get to, it exposes what's there and i would say that i i have been thankful to jesus for what uh, we have seen that this has brought out in our church okay Thank you. What about you, Jack? I, well, one of the things we had to do, uh, we had to cancel our daycares. And so we had to lay people off, which was a challenge. Uh, we shifted like everybody else to online ministry, but we have a lot of seniors who don't have any technology. So we've had to wrestle with how do we keep our seniors engaged? So we have members of our church who call them on the phone and we have the cell phone by the computer. So while everybody's online, the seniors who are able to are listening through the phone so that they can connect with us and we're trying to stay in touch. We have divided up our membership. We've put a Google Docs on Excel sheet together and the three senior leaders have divided that up. So we're phoning and tracking on the Google Docs daily who are calling, what we've done. We're a heavy outreach church in the first place with Mark Bueller involved in our congregation. So we've been delivering chili, 20 to 30 chili meals a week to people in our, um, in our neighborhood. We did turkey dinners at Easter, which we handed out. We hand out cookies. Uh, so we do a lot of those to get neighborhood conversations going, and we're trying to empower our members to find names in their neighborhood that they could get uh, chili for and then deliver them and, and strike up conversations. This is from the church. We care for you. Uh, if you've got any prayer requests, um, 
we had an interesting one a few weeks ago where we realized we had a lot of Muslim connections before they went into Ramadan. So we did a whole batch of halal chili and delivered it to all our Muslim contacts. And um, so we've been uh, doing all these things, um, trying to stay connected. And um, it's it's been a challenge. We're now in the challenge of trying to decide when to bring our daycare back after the recent uh, announcements. Um, one challenge is one of our senior leaders in the daycare realized that um, she should not come back. And so our senior leader in the daycare has now resigned at the end of this month. And so we're going to scramble for some new staffing and um, put that together. So lots of things happening, but we're trying to adapt. Okay. Thank you, Jack. What about you, Jeff? I think I, I can identify with a lot of the same things you guys are saying. It just, um, we, we've obviously gone to everything online and we had our, our, as far as our worship service, we had kind of our bumps and bruises along the way there as, uh, as we navigated that. I've got some great volunteers who've put in lots of time to help with that. Um, we, we, Jake and I, I, Jake and I pastor together. We have an, a, an office manager and then Jake is associate for youth and families and he and I've just kind of divided up the directory at a church of our size, you know, anywhere from 180 to 200. It's not hard to do that. And so the first couple of weeks we called through and just touched base with everybody. And then we've kind of been doing it once every two to three weeks since then. And that's been really good, actually. I've been very encouraged. We constantly would say, you know, how can we help you? And, and some, of, some of our seniors and more, uh, you know, more shut in, less mobile people were we were concerned about the groceries and things like that. And, and nine times out of 10, somebody from the church had already connected with them and was, was offering to serve in those ways. So that was very encouraging. I was, I was really pleased to see how, how people kind of instinctively reached out to one another. Uh, one, one of the things in our community, because it is small, and I've noticed is there, there are a lot of people that are loosely connected to the church or that we know uh, also, a lot of people who are just more isolated and depend on these kind of third spaces like coffee shops and it's where they spend their day. It's where they and 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 just that's been hard to watch in our community because there's just no place for them to get the social connection. A lot of them not connected, you know, online with anyone. But um, we, we've you know, we've tried to be aware of that. We've given out a lot of food here at the church, different things like that. And one um, one. The unique aspects um, that that we found is um, maybe I'm getting into the next question, but 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 we we really focus. And we have four commitments that we call people to here, and one of them is to worship. We we really believe that weekly worship together uh, shapes us over time, and and we've taught that for about the past four or five years. We have kind of a quasi liturgical format in our service, which sounds funny for a Baptist church, but it's 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 very quasi and less liturgical. But anyway. Um, what, what I've, what I've found is that, and it's been encouraging is that people have said, um, when this all happened, we said, we don't want to just do an online sermon. We, we really want to call together a skeleton crew of our worship team. We want to film it in our sanctuary and, and follow those same steps and rhythms that people have come to, to commit to over the past years as we've done this. And, and I heard response after response of people saying, you know, in my world of chaos, it was so nice on Sunday morning to tune in and be reconnected with that rhythm that we've done every time. And that was, that was encouraging. I feel like, you know, we're, we're learning 
these things and we can't do them programmatically the way that we did. There are still these rhythms that we can call people to and, and ways that we can remind them um, that, that are shaping and, and helping. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm like Chris, I, I, I feel for everybody that's struggling here that, and it's, it's real here in hope. We feel the economic issues and the impact of this, but as a church, I'm really pleased to see how God has worked in spite of all these issues and, and actually done some very amazing things and, and reshaped how we look at ministry and what it means to follow Christ in hope. Okay. Thank you. It's encouraging to hear these, uh, these testimonies. You know, one of the questions on many people's minds is if we're ever going to return to normal or whether there will be some lasting changes to the way people meet and live. How do you anticipate things unfolding in your church as society starts back up? Jack, maybe you would start with this. I imagine if um, this is still a year or more away, um, we might start slow. If we're allowed 50 people in our building, we might start with those who are technologically challenged to do live streaming out of the building with our worship team and with our preaching. Uh, let some of those who are technologically challenged in first and then slowly build as as we're allowed to build that momentum until we can fill out. So I think that's one of the first things is that um, we will probably do like what Hope is doing and yet invite people into the building. Outreach will always be a part of what we're doing and we'll try and encourage more of that. Our small groups, we may have some permanent uh, digital small groups now We've all gone to small groups, and some of them are actually enjoying <laughs> the, the experience of, of meeting online. And there may be some that just stay uh, digital, and that allows a lot of expanse. Um, so those are some of the things that we will start up, but definitely we'll up our technology, and we'll probably be more on ongoing live streaming which we didn't do before, but will become part of who we are in the future. Okay, great. Thank you. Jeff, what about in your church? Well, I, th I think, you know, I, I hear the school districts talking about a mix of online and in-presence education in the future. And I, I think that's, we will definitely keep working, like Jack said, on our online streaming services. We, uh, as we we're phoning through, we're actually, I, I just, floated to the elders today, you know, we need to start saying, okay, if we could allow a certain number of people into the building, who's interested in coming and who, you know, we have, we have a large senior population here as well. And a lot of them will not want to, you know, they're, they're, they're at risk and they may not want to come into the building, but we're going to try to, to manage that. So we could have people here. Um, I think one of the things that, that this has really done is it's, it's stripped away all our programmatic, you know, you can run a program, and have people coming and feel like you're being successful. Uh, well, you can't do that right now at all. You really, the, the core thing is you have to say, am I actually helping people grow spiritually? Is what we're doing actually helping them connect with an awareness of Christ in their life and, and the mission that they have in our community? Yeah. Um, and, and we can't just lean on our programs and the people showing up to evaluate that. So that's, that's something we'll keep looking at more and more as time goes on. Are we, uh, helping people connect. Are we helping people sense God's work in their life and his call? Are we helping them grow? Um, 
it's just a whole different metric uh, for evaluation, I think. And, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but it, it forces, like Chris was saying, they're retooling their job descriptions. It, it's revamping everything Jake and I do and the way we try to do it. Because so much of our day to day was spent organizing events and things that were happening here. And now that's, that's been stripped away, at least for a while. Uh, and I, I, I'm, you know, I, I think it'll never come back fully the way it was. Um, but that, that may not be bad. Okay, thank you. Chris, uh, what's it gonna look like at West Village? Not a clue, man, not a clue. Uh, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, you know, some things we do know, I think online is here to stay. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditches. Uh, so I think there's some, <clears throat> some benefits to online. Uh, when we talk Sunday gathering, it's a low bar of entry for people. That's fantastic. We've seen lots of people, um, uh, whatever participation means, but participating in our Sunday gathering, I'm not going to be the guy that stands up and says, you know, our church has grown by 2000 people because we had 2000 views or whatever. But I will say that we have made a huge effort uh, to, um, to get people to engage with us online as opposed to just be passive viewers. So we've actually repurposed uh, one of our part-time staff, their, their part-time job is to literally track our social media and get people who are watching engaging. And so move them from passive viewer to active participant. We have all kinds of, again, virtual online opportunities. We have classes, community groups, um, yeah, lots of stuff. And so we're trying to move them into a place where they're actually coming back, participating, giving, serving, being discipled, wherever, wherever they're at. Uh, we've seen a lot of people that don't know Jesus, um, that have made this a part of a part of their thing, like to the point where if this would happen in the flesh in the movie theater on a Sunday morning, you know, we'd be like, wow, revival's broken out. So while we recognize that, I don't know, somehow it's different. It's not, it's not to be negated. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we're embracing that aspect of things, but then also recognizing that the other ditch of that road is like, um, you can really, you can really create, uh, like a consumer here, if you're not careful, like if everything is, a, if Jesus and church and gathering and you know what it means to be a part of the church gets reduced to um, a screen or, you know, a channel on the TV, uh, that's, that's, um, it's nice to have a low bar of entry, but then that also creates, uh, in my opinion, a barrier to discipleship and, it, and doesn't really give us the fullness of what it means to be the church. Uh, the church is, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to get too theological here, but we are the body of Christ, right? We're Ephesians 2, we are the ongoing incarnation of Jesus. Jesus came in the flesh. He didn't come, you know, on the internet. He didn't come on the news feed. Uh, he came in the flesh. And so there's a reality of what it means to be the people of God, to be present, to be in the flesh with one another. Uh, I don't want to be too dogmatic about that, but somehow that needs to factor in. Uh, the other piece that, has, so you don't want to throw, you know, the baby out with the bathwater in that direction either and just say, well, we're going to go all virtual. But then I think we also have to go, man, there's going to be a tension that <clears throat> is going to be looming in our churches that, you know, we're going to have to wrestle with. I mean, I wasn't around for the worship wars. I didn't go to church back then, and I was probably too young to know what was going on if I was in a church. But there's going to be like a tension of people that want to gather and people that won't gather. And we're going to have to figure out how to hold the family of God together in that moment and honor both people and not uh, demonize one or the other, or, um, you know, just, just in, in the gate where people are at, we're, we're just going to have to, you know, flexibility is the superpower of the day right now. 
And so we're going to have to be flexible and figure things out. And um, we use a term around here. It's more like cooking than baking, right? You know, I don't do either, but what I've been told is uh, baking, you follow the recipe, you get this result. Cooking is a little bit more, well, you try a little bit of this, you try a little bit of that, you try a little bit of this. Oh, that worked. That didn't work. Okay. Let's never do that again. Oh, that tasted real good. Let's keep going in that direction. And so I think there's going to be a sense in which we're going to have to be flexible, um, plan, you know, kind of week to week and respond to where your people are at. I think online's here to stay. I think we're going to have to figure out a way to be in the flesh, but I, to say what that looks like for us, couldn't tell you. Um, I have ideas, but I'd be guessing at this point. All right. Hey, this is a great interaction. Thank you guys. You know, we heard from our premier yesterday that we can't really expect to be able to have gatherings of more than 50 until probably at least 2021. I think what they said was until a vaccine is available or there's some evidence of, of uh, community immunity. Um, how do you think churches can begin to start coming back together in stages, especially as it relates to the weekend services? Jeff, maybe you would uh, start off with this. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to go first because I'm like, Chris, I don't have a clue. Um, <laughs> I, I, one of the things that, that, uh, that I'm excited about is, is I, th I think we're still able to utilize volunteers, but in different capacities, um, you know, because online is coming right now, I've got two or three people that are doing the bulk of sound and video and online stuff, and they're doing a great job. But as they go back to work more, uh, there's going to be a need for other volunteers to come in and help with that. And so maybe, you know, opening the door since we're not doing the, the, the volunteer intensive kids programs, at least right now that, that, you know, to, to see if we can see some of those things happening. We are really looking at who can, who can we invite? How can we do church effectively with say 50 people in our building uh, and still broadcasting online? And I, I can appreciate that tension Chris talked about between people who won't come and who will come. But um, in, in our town, one of the neat, serendipities that's come out of this is um, because it's a small town and people know each other and we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube at the same time, but, but people watching on Facebook are seeing their neighbors names pop up. Oh, such and such just checked in or such and such is here watching. And, and, and a lot of them are people that we've got relationships with, but would never ever walk through our doors on Sunday morning. But the, the beautiful thing is these people are saying, Hey, my neighbor watched. And so they're having a conversation over the back fence and I, just encouraging and fanning into flame, those kind of things, letting people see, you know, be attentive to what's happening and present to what God might do through this whole different method of ministry. I think that's one of the things that we're going to be focused on going forward. What today is a day we did not plan for. We did not expect it, but what is God doing at this moment right here uh, in your backyard or in on your block uh, that, that can help us be the church spread out all over hope instead of just the church gathered in a building on Sunday morning. Hey, thank you. Chris, what about with you? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, we've talked about the need for people to be uh, in the flesh together, but then also the need to have online. So I, I think it'll be some hybrid of that. Um, we meet in a Cineplex Odeon, so there's a sense in which uh, that might be dictated for us when we can meet and when we can't meet as to whether they're open or not, uh, whether they're allowing people in there. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> I can imagine a number of different scenarios. Um, you know, I think, well, like I said, I think we'll stream uh, one because it's a great tool for mission Two, because it, there's going to be people that aren't comfortable gathering or able to gather for whatever reason. Um, 
but I can imagine a scenario where we have some of our missional communities meeting to watch a stream or our missional communities meeting to do their own gatherings privately. Um, I think, again, back to what I said earlier, <clears throat> you know, we don't, we don't want to become dependent on, um, on, uh, on a screen for our discipleship. So I think there's a sense in which we need to be able to equip our people to be the church. Like, uh, I think I heard Ed Stetzer use this analogy. It's like the, the church has had the, the, the queen taken off the chessboard, and now she doesn't know how to play chess. Hmm. Um, well, that's because we haven't learned how to use the other pieces very well, or people don't know how to be the church without us because we've got an orphanage where there's one or two moms and dads for all the babies, and we don't have a family where you raise your kids up to go, you know, be adults without you. Like if my son is 45 and asking me to cut his steak for him, I have not raised him well. If my church is asking me to feed them all the time, yes, there's a sense in which, you know, I'm, I'm called to do that as one of the elders in the church. But, uh, you know, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he's pretty clear that to raise somebody up into Christ, you know, is to, for, into maturity into Christ, rather, is that they can then go and do this with other people as well. So we should be able to release our people to go be the church uh, with our oversight, with our equipping, with our sending, but not need us to cut their meat for them. Uh, if we haven't done that, then we should probably ask some questions about what we've been doing all these years. Uh, so it's going to be some hybrid where uh, with flesh and digital, you know, um, but I, again, I, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, man. <laughs> if you know, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Jack? Well, we've kind of, we're talking about a four phase uh, transition back and that includes you know our daycare and includes our what our staffing will be doing from working remote to working on site uh, our small groups um, our counseling the events that we do uh, the vulnerable so we have this chart kind of on a four-phase re-entry depending on when the government gives us permission for each but I'm kind of like Chris and uh, Jeff, in that sense that our small groups are going to carry, and I've been really proud of our small group leaders. They're kind of investing in their, their particular circle and keeping track of them and letting us know what's happening. Um, so we're, we're not seeing that changing a whole lot. I think uh, what we're going to do, uh, we hope through this digital, is to expand our, our mission is to make disciples of Christ from all nations. And, and we've got 50, 60 that gather, but there are many nations who aren't in the building with us. And, and we hope through this digital streaming that we can reach more of those nations. And through the connections that the people in our church have, that it's not just the missionaries that are out there, but our members who are, who are making the connection and offering maybe our community as a, a gathering space, but not as the final teaching space that hopefully our small groups and our members will take that discipleship seriously. So that's part of um, where we're going. We have given some thought, but like Chris keeps saying, we don't know, we don't know, but, but we have a, a vague uh, plan in place as to where we hope we're going. And assuming this is going to take another year and a half, um, how long we're going to go, but we hope to phase in people. And we've even talked about, okay, maybe we can rotate 50 different people 
once each week so they get the building experience, but we don't want to make them tied to the building. But some people just like that gathering and maybe we'll rotate once a week in having different groups of 50 in. Um, so we're, we're thinking and exploring, haven't decided everything, but um, technology is going to be a big piece from here going on. And our small groups are going to be the core of, of keeping us gathering and connecting and caring for each other. That's part of what we're doing. And then, of course, phone calls to all the vulnerable and the seniors. That's going to be an, an ongoing thing. That's about as far as we've figured so far. Okay, thank you. Uh, a four-phased uh, startup plan. That uh, that sounds like a fair bit of thinking has been going into Jack, it. could you email that to me, please? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'd like a copy too, yes, for sure. <laughs> Maybe we should put it in, our, uh, in the notes for this uh, podcast. All right, uh, one other uh, major question here is our provincial health officer, Dr. Henry, has emphasized that when restrictions are lifted, it's critical that if anyone has even the slightest respiratory symptoms that they need to stay home. Now this has real implication for us as churches when we're gathered. Who of us hasn't preached, um, you know, just because it's last minute, and we've been sick, but there's been nobody to call, so we've gone ahead and just bulled through it. Um, so we're probably not gonna be able to get away with that anymore, and, um, when you think of the number of people that are involved in our services every Sunday with the greeters and worship leaders and children's workers, um, how can we plan for that? Uh, maybe Jack, maybe you'd be willing to start with. I'm, I'm one of the ones that's going to have trouble because I have asthma and respiratory issues. I've come back from Kenya with, uh, some issues, and uh, so I'm, I'm one of those guilty ones who preach when I'm sick, um, but I will have to practice my social distancing a lot more. We are a very huggy church. Uh, our cross-cultural uh, groups love to hug, love to connect, and uh, right now we have put in lots more hand sanitizers around our building. We've got signs everywhere on what to do. Um, we had those in from the first day that all this started happening. Um, now our building's not being used, but they're in place for future. And uh, I think we will just have to continue. I don't know if we're going to have to show up with gloves and masks, <laughs> but um, I'm going to have to alert my associates to always be on standby for for my health, and um, we're just going to have to keep uh, warning people if they are sick, please don't come. And that's one of the signs that says if you're sick or has respiratory, don't come in. Um, that probably will be up for a while. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Well, I, I think um, a, a lot of it's going to have to do with our ethos and and. <laughs> Like one of the things we strive to do is is the things that we do corporately and together, the programmatic things, the worship services, we want to do them very, very well. And so we plan and we organize and we get qualified people in and we, you know, especially I'm thinking kids ministry, it's very volunteer intensive. Uh, and we're just going to have to begin to realize that sometimes we're, people are going to have to pick up the ball and it may not be at the level, the, the focus is is not, presenting the perfect program. The focus is being together and, and nurturing one another in Christ. And 
And so instead of greeters at the door, maybe everybody just starts to greet, you know, we have to begin to, to absorb that we're all carrying the church instead of just these programmatic volunteers. And I, I think it, it's, uh, it's going to be a time of being honest with each other and being patient with each other. That's one of the things I've been so encouraged about with, with our churches, they've been incredibly patient. They're just thrilled that we're trying to do something. And yeah, one week, this sounds horrible and, and everybody's like, Oh yeah, hopefully better next week, but we're just glad we can be together. And I think if we can begin to, to bring that into our lives and, and, and a little less focus on how technically good we are and more the fact that we are being the body of Christ together and we're making space for one another and we're serving in the best capacity that we know how. I think that people offer grace to each other. There's something beautiful that happens there. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. What about you, Chris? Uh, I don't, I don't know. People get sick all the time before this and flake out on their responsibilities. So they'll probably do it after as well. Um, so we'll just do what we did before, which is find people to replace them. And, um, you know, it happens. It's always happened. It probably always will happen. And so our team's usually pretty good at, you know, shuffling around and finding people to replace people. Um, and if it's you, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, who knows? Like, again, it depends on what, what going forward looks like. I mean, we've even said it's possible that we continue to pre-record stuff and it's done. And we meet in a movie theater. We've got a great screen. Um, we could come in early film and then, and then show, show the sermon via digital. Um, we can do that in multiple theaters if we needed to, to compensate for social distancing and room size. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, if it's really bad, like it wouldn't be, I don't know. Chris is the picture of health, man. He's never going to get sick. Just eat healthy and, you know, do push-ups every day. You'll be fine. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Thank you, guys. This has been, uh, this has been really encouraging to hear you. Um, it's obvious that we, moving forward, are going to be working with the tensions of, of connecting and community um, with, with responsible outreach, using the technological skills that we've been developing during this time. Uh, but, it's, uh, but God is still in control, and uh, the Lord is still working out his plan, and his intent is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So um, hang in there, keep at it, and uh, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to do it. Yep. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found anything particularly helpful in the conversation today, we would love to hear it. And we'd also love to hear what you've planned so far for your own church restart. Leave a comment or share on social media using the hashtag PropelPodcast. During the conversation, Jack Taylor mentioned that their church had developed a four-phase reopening plan, and they have generously shared that with us, so you can find it in our show notes, along with another article we think you'll find helpful on questions to ask before inviting people to return to church. And as always, our team at the Fellowship Pacific Ministry Center is committed to serving you. To find out more about the resources we have available and how we can support you, visit www.febpacific.ca.